Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. And today, the Steelers free agency is about to get started. We are two, three weeks away from the beginning of 2023, the official start of the league year. And on top of that, the Steelers have replaced Brian Flores, or at least plan to replace Brian Flores with an interesting name, to say the least, but I think one that has some promise to it. But as always, it's cold outside. It was beautiful yesterday. I went. It was so nice outside yesterday that I convinced myself midday to go buy a new golf club (laughs) so that I could go golfing. It was. Uh, mm. I was actually at the Pittsburgh Tattoo Expo, mm. and I was like, "All right, do I want to spend? Do I want to waste money on a tattoo, or do waste I money on outside?" So I was like, "I'm going to waste money on a golf club," and the, it was definitely worth it until some uh, some sl- dude in a sleeveless shirt. It was not warm enough for a sleeveless shirt. Decided <laughs> that he was going to come to the driving range and go. I'm a lefty, so like, out of out of pure respect. You are a lefty. What you do is you take the last bail, you know, mm. like the last row, because you're swinging the opposite way of everybody. That The last one was set up to a righty. The one next to that was set up as a lefty. There were a dozen open spots at this driving range. I was there for an hour, swinging away, having a good time. Nobody was bothering me. This guy in a sleeveless shirt decided to come up right behind me as a righty and just act like it was cool, like we weren't going to smack clubs every time we swung. So I, just, I just hit all the last remaining ones of my balls. I had like half of a bail left. And I was like, all right, I'm leaving. And I gave him a dirty look. I was like, you, you have no golf manners. But, uh, you know, besides that, it's been a good weekend. All right, my friend. I'm doing well, doing well. I'm excited. You know, things are heating up. We're going to the combine in a couple of weeks, too. That's dude, a week, one week today. Yeah. We're at the combine. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it's exciting. So, you know, stuff's getting, getting real now. And uh, next season is. Oh, like almost here it feels like which is weird yeah it is uh i was actually just talking about that the other day like it's we have one week and then it's like kind of slow for like you know 10 days or something then free agency starts and next thing you know off-season workouts begin like april 17th or something like it's people talk about the off-season and they're just like oh yeah you're so excited i'm like yeah it's gonna be a you know it's a fun three weeks it's a good <laughs> it's a really it's a really enjoyable half of february let me mm-hmm. tell you but i am i'm excited to go watch some football again um did you catch any of the xfl yesterday i did not i did see the former pit i did see clips of former pit panther ben denucci lighting it up lighting um, it up yeah so yeah. that was that was pretty exciting but no I, mean, I was i was watching the nba all-star game instead oh true the nba yeah, yeah, yeah i was watching that too um not the all-star game just the dunk contest three-point mm-hmm. contest i'm not an all-star game kind of guy but i did catch some xfl mm-hmm. i didn't see denucci um, I did watch Heinz Ward's game. That was until the last two minutes, the most boring game <laughs> in the existence of football. It's crazy. I think the bigger headline, though, like besides Heinz Ward's team falling, lo- losing by what three points or something, they gave up two touchdowns in the last two minutes. Don't even think that's possible. Mm-hmm. And the bigger, I think the biggest headline coming out of the Steelers in the XFL is that Paxton Lynch. Now, I'm just getting this off of a TikTok, so I don't know if it's true or not. Became the first quarterback ever 
to get benched in the NFL, the CFL, the US, the USFL, mm-hmm. and the XFL. Wow. Yeah. So that is that's quite a feat. That's yeah. good for him. Good for him. Going down in history. You know, that guy former first round pick. That's that's wild to me. That's there were some bad quarterback drafts like back from when I was in like middle school and high school that we don't really talk about anymore just because there's a new generation now. But man, they, they were the the bridging the gap from like Brady and Peyton Manning and like Drew Brees and everyone to get to like this iteration of like Mahomes and Josh Allen and and everyone else like and Ben Burrow and whoever the hell else. Um, it it was it was tough sliding for at certain points. You know, it was not. It was not a direct hint of the torch. It took a while to find that next generation of guys. Yeah, it was uh it was rough. My my dad's a Bron I mean, I mention that all the time. My dad's yeah. a Broncos fan. That I remember that. He was so hyped. He was like, This dude's huge and he's a monster. I was like, All right, man. I was I was writing I had my own little like personal blog. It was called Average Joe Sports. And I graded everybody's first round pick, all thirty two teams, and Denver Broncos got a straight F. And I'm, <laughs> he's going to be pissed about this one, but it's the truth. And here we are. But Paxton Lynch, former Pittsburgh Steeler, hopefully he gets back out there and, uh, you know, gets a chance to uh, gets a chance to redeem himself there in the XFL. A former another former first round pick is now in Pittsburgh. Aaron Curry has reportedly or is reportedly expected to be hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers as their new linebacker coach, replacing Brian Flores. The former fourth overall pick for the Seattle Seahawks didn't play long, like four years, five years in the NFL. Didn't really, never really stuck. I believe he did play the Steelers in the Super Bowl, though. So does have a little bit of history. Spent some time coaching at the University of Charlotte, home of Alex Highsmith, and left there in 2018, I believe, headed to Seattle as just like a coaching assistant, has worked his way up a little bit. Now he's in Pittsburgh as the inside linebackers coach. Good move, bad move, boring move. What do you? What do you? What are your thoughts on it? I think risky move is how I would define it. Um, there's just not not a ton of history to this guy's you know coaching career. That's not to say he will be a bad a bad coach definitively, but you it feels somewhat un Mike Tomlin like. Um, it feels. I don't know, just walking into – like going from Brian Flores, a guy with a wealth of experience, you know, he was a head coach before, you downgraded a little bit. And you were going to downgrade pretty much no matter who you hired, but this is a guy with four years of – or not even four years, I believe. Three, yeah, three or four years of NFL coaching experience, period. Um, never as a position coach. Um, the bulk of his experience was built in college, um, and that was not a particularly long stay at Charlotte either. Um I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. There's, you know, he was obviously a talented guy. I think it'll be interesting to see if they, um, you know, what they do with Devin Bush because this is a guy who I feel like has kind of a similar experience, a first round former first round pick who just didn't work out. Um, it, do you think they keep Devin Bush? Is that what you mean by that? No, like no. But I, well, I mean, I don't. But like, I don't know. There's there's something there, right? Like there's a common experience there. I think. Sure. I feel feels more likely now that they they brought this guy in. I don't think they brought a guy in just to coach up Devin Bush. That doesn't. No, no, no. But I knew I I, I see the connection. I, I see where you're going there. Right, but like I I and I but you know in the same vein, you wonder if they're thinking 
okay, we're going to have to bring in a young linebacker at some point during this, during this draft. Um, we need someone who, you know, maybe you can try to bring in a young former, you know, top tier linebacker to coach him through, say, Hey, this is what I did wrong. This is how my NFL experience didn't pan out. Here's what you need to do to kind of make it at that next level. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm a little unsure about this, and I guess it's just a kind of wait and see thing for me because this feels, I don't know. It feels, it, it feels weird. I feel like they they went early on this. Like they they didn't wait around to find a more experienced candidate. So they they see something in this guy that that I haven't seen. Yeah, I I agree. I I was shocked that it happened now. That's what got me. As I was, you know, I was like, why. Why in February? Why in February for a guy that you doesn't have a name? Yeah. That you probably could have gotten later in the process after June. trying some more. Yeah. yeah. Middle of June, March, April. Like you could have got him. You could have got him the day of the draft. You know, you could have signed. It wasn't like he was a free agent either. Like the guy was signed to the Seattle Seahawks and is now a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know. Like it, maybe it does have upside. It fits their bill of we want young developmental coaches who we could, you know, grow into these good coaches without the risk of leaving us every season. Boring, but that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers like. But it just like it's it's even it's even more underwhelming than what they usually do. Like at least Matt Canada had some experience. There was flashes of good. He had a relationship with Mike Tomlin. He had the relationship with the Steelers being a part of Pitt. Like you saw the connection there. Aaron Curry, you're just like, okay, this guy never made it in the NFL, did nothing with Seattle. And, like, I don't know, with Seattle's defense, like, they're good. Were they that good? And, like, did he play a big enough role where you're like, okay, this guy's got to come coach our inside linebackers? And on top of that, how how much is he going to connect with a guy like Miles Jack? Like, can you bring a rookie linebackers coach in there and say hey veterans listen to this guy because he's going to teach you a lot of what he wasn't able to do in the nfl and i get that you know on the other side of that a lot of those guys that don't make it in the nfl that should have made it in the nfl usually have the brains to be a good coach and maybe aaron curry has shown people and there are is buzz around the league of oh okay this guy does have star coach potential he's just new but I don't know, like he's been in the coaching game since what, 2014? That's nine years of coaching to just now get your four, first positional coaching job. Ah, just underwhelming. I would say very, very underwhelming. Yeah, and it's it's possible, you know, Pete Carroll saw something in him. And, you know, Pete Carroll, I don't think is a bad coach. Um, no. I, I think that's that's certainly a feather in his cap. But, yeah, it's – I don't know. This is an important position for the Steelers, especially at this moment in their in their history, and it just feels like a weird hire to to make it this time. Yeah, it, it, it very much so does. I don't think it moves the needle at all. I will say this, that if they're going that boring on defense, I think that they might make a little bit of a splash on offense because I think that's what needed to happen is you needed to see the Steelers hire a replacement for Brian Flores just to show that they're serious about that position. Because Brian Flores is a one in the one in a million shot, you know, shouldn't have got Brian Flores. There's no question there he, that that ruined the Steelers expectations or Steelers fans expectations for this whole thing. Because you land Brian Flores year one of this position, you're looking at it going, 
well, every year we should have the high, the best coach on the market. We should go higher to be a position coach. That's not what you do. It was just a, the NFL tried to shun Brian Flores and Mike Tomlin went, well, that's really dumb and <laughs> hired him. That won't happen again, but you needed to see that they liked what they saw out of that position and they saw the benefits of having that extra set of eyes and hands on the coaching staff. Whereas I think that they could do that and make a, a lesser hire on defense, which is what they did because they do have a lot of trust in Terrell Austin. But I think it kind of pushes the needle to say, hey, they're also going to do it on offense. And that's when I think things could get interesting with a guy like Byron Leftwich or Pep Hamilton or, you know, one of those bigger names without a coaching offer that has OC experience to kind of come in here and, you know, be that same role. So you think, are, are, so it can't be an offensive coordinator, right? But it's got to be a, a position yeah. coach or something. Like that, an I would I would imagine it's like a, an assistant, like a senior assistant, a senior offensive assistant like Flores was. And then like, I don't know, I guess they would kind of tackle a position. I would imagine it's like a coaching, like a, like a quarterback assistant at the same time, but they already have two quarterback coaches. So that would get difficult. I don't know where he fits into the grand scheme of coaching a position, but at the same time, you know, that's how I, I guess it was. I like, I guess it was Keith Butler was the inside linebackers coach slash defensive coordinator, but like, you know, it, it wasn't, he was just the defensive coordinator. There wasn't really a linebackers coach. It was Jerry O. So now you have to look at it and say like, okay, is this, you know, can you bring in another quarterbacks coach and feel good about it and kind of just be that second hand to Mike Sullivan or I don't know, I don't know, maybe a running backs coach or a wide receivers coach. Both of those guys, I, I think Pep Hamilton and Byron Leftwich are the top of that list. If I had to pick one of them that ends up in Pittsburgh, it would be those two or anybody on the market. I, I would pick those two because I don't think either of them are going to get a coaching offer, or like an offensive coaching offer or offensive coordinator offer. And I think both of them want to stay in the NFL. They don't want to take a year off, especially Hamilton. Hamilton's a guy that he's already been around the league. Like this guy is not young. He's not somebody that you could bring in here and just say, okay, you know, revive your career with a year off. No, he takes a year off. Chances are it's just going to go downhill. So you stay in Pittsburgh or you come to Pittsburgh, you could you could change that and keep that course of action moving in the right direction. Byron Leftwich might be the other hand of that, but at the same time, do you want to take a risk of people kind of losing steam around this guy or do you come to Pittsburgh? The, the problem is both of those guys are quarterback coaches. So maybe you, maybe you kind of like just bump Mike Sully to the side and say you two are now working together. I don't know. I don't know how that works specifically, but I would still say those two are the top of the list. Mm. All right, let's talk free agents. Steelers have what? Terrell Edmonds, Demonte KZ, Larry Ogunjobi, Devin Bush, I guess, Robert Spillane. Blaine. That's pretty much all the big ones. That's the ones that you expect Cam Sutton to oh, return right. this offseason. Those are the that's the list that you look at and say, those guys are most likely coming back. Maybe not Devin Bush, but the rest of them. I think the expectation is a return to Pittsburgh. The question is when and how much are you willing to offer to these guys right away? Or if you're the Steelers, are you waiting to wait a little while and say, we'll see how the market plays out much like they did Terrell Edmonds last season. 
They got Demonte KZ super late. They got Demonte KZ on the third day of the draft. I remember coming home. It was 11 o'clock at night. I was eating Kevin Colbert's retirement cake in my bed <laughs> with a glass of champagne because my Jillian had a bottle of champagne like, oh, you did it because the NFL draft is exhausting. It's three days where you sleep like three hours on top of that. Jordan Addison left like in the middle of it. It was the <laughs> wildest three days of mm. the year. That third day I come home, it's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm eating the cake. I'm enjoying. We were watching a movie. And then all of a sudden I look at my phone and it's like the Pittsburgh Steelers have signed Demonte Casey super, super late in the offseason. Larry Ogunjobi's the same deal, but he had an offer for Chicago, failed a physical. That's kind of how he ended up in Pittsburgh. This year, I think ch things changed. Terrell Edmonds' market's probably higher. KZ's market's probably higher. Larry Ogunjobi's might be a little bit of a, a question mark, and same with Robert Spillane. So I want to go through them and decide who you sign first, who you wait on, and how comfortable you are to take the risk that they might sign elsewhere. We'll start with Cam Sutton. I think that's the most obvious choice here. You look at Cam Sutton, are you even letting him hit the free agency market? And if so, you know, is he still the top of your list no matter what? I think he absolutely is, and I don't think you let him hit the free agent market if you can avoid it. Um, we've talked about this before, but this is a dire position of need. He's a great fit for what they do. Um, he's not going to be, like, as expensive as some of the other corners that we've talked about on this show. Um you need him. You need his value, um, not just in terms of like what he brings to the field, but the fact that he can do what he does on the field for a relative discount compared to like his peers in this league. Yeah. Um, he had a great season, and he's earned your trust and uh, and another contract. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he let. I was shocked that they let his contract expire, but I think that kind of went both ways. I think that maybe something was like, I'm going to let this expire because two point one million dollars is a good chunk of change. Mm -hmm. So the Steelers took a dead hit. I, I do think that they sign him before the market opens. I think the market opens like March 17th or something, March 14th, something like that. I would I would be very shocked if they let him hit the market. At the same time, I think if you do let him hit the market, you're taking a huge risk because if you're the Steelers, you're going to have teams like the Vikings, I've heard. The Detroit Lions are another team that's been floated out to me. They're gonna one of them's gonna make an offer. And if one of them makes a crazy offer and you're Cam Sutton, you gotta be sitting around going, look at the Steelers have a good team, they have a great coaching staff. I'm very familiar with them. But at the same time, the Detroit Lions almost made the playoffs last year. The Minnesota Vikings have did make the playoffs last year, were one of the favorites for the Super Bowl, and they have Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator. So I know the coach in the building. You offer you offer him a big contract. I think the Steelers lose him. So yeah, I agree. I think that that is the name that you you prioritize first, and you sign before the market opens, even if you got to give him a little bit of a pay bump. Uh, second, Terrell Edmonds, safety. His market value right now is according to Spotrack, or what do you call it, Spot Rack? Right. Two years, ten point nine million dollars, five point four million dollars a season. Ranks him the 27th highest paid safety in the NFL. I think that suits him pretty well. He's coming off of a $2.5 million deal this past season, so he gets a $3 million pay bump every year. Do you let him hit the market? Do you let him test the market and see what the waters are? Do you you know, possibly negotiate him and KZ at the same time and see what one you could get at a bigger discount? How do you handle that situation? I'm, I'm, I'd be more willing to let 
Edmonds hit the market. Um, five million seems not that much higher than what you'd you'd want to pay for him. Um, yeah. but still a little bit higher than you'd want to pay for a little bit more than you want to pay for him. Um, I think the fact that you have KZ as a safety valve in this situation um makes me more comfortable with letting letting Edmonds see what he has see what other teams come back with cuz I'm not I'm not totally convinced that teams other teams would pay 5 million dollars for Terrell Edmonds. No, I'm not either. You? No. Yeah. No. I look at I look at Edmonds and say he's a safety. The safety market's always terrible. People mm-hmm. always underpay safeties. Mm-hmm. The longer you let him sit there, I don't think he's going to get more than five million dollars. So maybe his his value decrease. I think last year he was expecting to make five million dollars plus, and that didn't happen. I think that could happen again this year. Yeah, and like I said, like KZ is not a bad option. Like that's not the worst thing in the world if you've got a no. If that's your replacement, if that's your backup plan, um, I don't think you need to negotiate him and KZ at the same time. Um, I think you hold on to KZ and let him kind of do his thing while you kind of focus on admins before you pull the trigger there. Oh, so you, you're saying you put, you prioritize admins first, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. And then you try to get KZ afterwards, right? You make a, you make a plan for KZ after you know what you have or don't have with admins. Okay. I like that. I do like that because at that point it gives you your, your options, a safety valve. And I think I'm, you know, I don't want to be this guy but I might be this guy now. Derek dropped a mock draft today, actually. And his first round pick is for the Steelers is Brian Branch out of Alabama. Who's a stud like Brian Mm. Branch is a stud. If he wasn't a safety, he'd be a top 10 pick with ease, but nobody wants to take a safety in the top 10 because you know, they're just Derwin James isn't worth it. Or Minka Fitzpatrick Mm. isn't worth it in the eyes of the NFL. I mean, Look at if if KZ doesn't want to sign and the Steelers want to go get a safety, a star-studded safety in the 17th pick in the draft. I'm all for it. I am mm-hmm. all all for it. Do I think that's an option right now? Maybe. May, I think it could be a surprise option if he's there on the board, just like TJ Watt was. You know, people were talking a million other directions than TJ Watt, and then TJ Watt was there at whatever pick it was. I think it was 17. Mm-hmm. Now it might have been lower. It might TJ might have been like the 27th pick in the first round, and the Steelers just couldn't pass him up because he's TJ Watt and he was right. the best player on the board. Brian Branch is there. Maybe, maybe, but I agree. I think that when you look at KZ, you, you let him see what his market value is. You don't want to overpay that guy, especially if he's going to be a backup. And at the same time, if Edmonds decides that he wants to go get paid somewhere, maybe he does go get paid somewhere. Maybe you start negotiating with KZ. That's, that's a good question though, is if Edmonds says, no, I'm not taking this $3 million or $4 million a season, I'm going to go test the market. Do you begin negotiating with KZ or do you wait it out for Edmonds and see what happens? It's a good question. I don't think you can wait very long. Um, yeah. You can kind of see, you'll be able to see the writing on the wall a little bit and see, okay, Terrell's talking to eight different teams. You know, there are a million guys, there are a million teams who want him. Um, so we've got to, we've got to ramp up what we're doing with KZ versus, there's not a lot of interest. I, I think they will also know somewhat ahead of time. They will have a decent read ahead of time on what the market frame is going to be like, at least in terms of interest, if not exact numbers. Um, yeah. So I think they'll be able to make a call on whether uh, 
whether Edmonds or KZ need to kind of be wh- whether they need to move on to KZ or whether they can they can wait it out with Edmonds. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think anybody in the NFL is necessarily going to be jumping ship to say, "Hey, we got to go sign a safety right now." Especially a guy like Terrell Edmonds. Nobody's going to be sitting there like, you know, we'll talk. He's the first guy on our priority list right. in this offseason. I agree. I agree. I don't. That's. A, I think safety is a much more difficult situation for the Steelers than people want to admit, or than we've talked about. I guess, but at the same time, I think it's the easiest situation because I think you could replace a safety with ease. And I just think that, you know, there's always going to be somebody sitting there at the end of free agency. There will always be a starting quality safety still on the market because that's just, that's what it is every single season. So if the Steelers don't get their guy and they don't get their backup plan in KZ, somebody will be there and you can just, just go get somebody and add him and make Fitzpatrick will turn him into a good player and you could just, you know, use the NFL draft or, I don't know, do something. You could find a million. Go draft Trenton Simpson at the 32 pick and say, hey, you're actually going to play safety for us. You're mm. you're terrible inside linebacker, but <laughs> you're going to play safety. All right. Other guy. Next guy. Let's before we go to Larry, let's go Robert Spillane. Inside linebacker. I don't know what his market's going to be. I have no idea if teams are even going to be interested in this guy, but he played 100 percent of the snaps the last four four games of the season. So the Steelers obviously like him. Do you think he's a priority for them in the offseason to resign? Do you think he hits the open market? And if he does hit the open market, do you think the Steelers just let that one coast out? I actually don't think he will hit the open market. I think the Steelers like him enough to sign him before he can get any other offers. Um, I think he likes it in Pittsburgh too. Um, He's a pretty valuable – like I know he's not the – best linebacker to ever play in Pittsburgh, but he's a pretty valuable piece. And I think the fact that he played every snap the final, what, three weeks of the season or something four like that? Four weeks, yeah. Four weeks, yeah. I don't know. That seems like a pretty good sign that he's going to stick around. Um, part of that was just neat. Like, they just weren't going to play Devin Bush as much. Um, no, Miles Jack had a torn groin. and Right. Some of that was just opportunity. Robinson. <laughs> right. Some of that was just opportunity. But, look, like Spillane's not going to be that expensive. Um, if you're paying more than what? 2.5. His his contract this year was 2.5. Okay, yeah. If you're paying... I don't think he goes over that. Right. It, yeah, if he even gets that much, I'll be surprised. But, you know, it's... He won't be that expensive. He'll fit, you need a backup linebacker anyway. Like, go go for it. It's... it's You can... This is a luxury that you can afford if you're the Steelers, and it, it'll... Yes. And you, and you need it. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that I don't know. He he does strike me as a guy that will sign before free agency. If I'm the Steelers, do I do that? Not a chance. I let him go into free agency, realize that nobody's offering anything. Say, hey, you want to come back on a three year deal? $1.5 million a year. Beautiful. Come be our third inside linebacker. But I just, you're right. Like the Steelers just, they have a soft spot for this guy and they really like Robert Spillane. I don't get it. Never have gotten it. But if you could play 100% of the snaps and not make glaring, obvious mistakes time and time again, maybe he does have a little bit of something. You know, maybe Robert Spillane is a guy that you could rely on on a number of things. He's a good special teamer. So he's a good asset to have. More than $2 million, $3 million a season. Nah, I don't know about that one. I think you could go find... 
somebody else for $3 million a year, but also, you know, are you going to find somebody that's willing to play a hundred percent of the snaps and play awful coverage defense because you tell him to go do certain things exactly as you want him to do it. And he, and he does, and he goes and does it and they never work out, but that's what the Steelers ask him to do. So I don't know. I, I look at that situation and say, it's kind of a lose, lose for the Steelers. They get their guy. Cool. I don't think their guy kind of pushes the needle and either way. And they're probably going to take at least a $2 million cap hit because of it for a guy that they could probably replace with a starter for almost the same amount of money, which is, which is difficult. You, you really think they could replace him with a starter for $3 million? Yeah. For $2 million? I think you could get a guy like Quincy Williams for like $3 million who didn't have a lot of playing time in New York kind of like under exceeded expectations, but still has some upside. Probably more of a proven starter than Spillane isn't going to get a lot of money thrown at him. Do I think you go get a David long? Not a chance, but you know, I think you could get somebody. I think you could get the next tier up. Like if, if this is, if this is Robert Spillane, little start, if this is Devin Bush, this mm-hmm. is Robert Spillane. I think you could get like a here, you know, like a, okay. I don't know what here is, but I think that's pushing that that's a lot closer to the starting line than, you know, where the other two are. Cause I just don't think on 31 other teams, I'm not positive that Robert Splane sees the field more than like, you know, 15 snaps a game, but mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, it's all the time. And, yeah. you know, I just think that that changes. I think you could get somebody, I don't know what the, I, I have to look at the market, but I do three, mm-hmm. maybe four, I guess, max. Mm-hmm. But I think you could find somebody there. All right. Last guy, Larry Ogunjobi, defensive end, $8 million last season. That's a tough call to say you're going to sign somebody for $8 million again after he didn't practice for like the last eight weeks of the season. Still played, had a productive end of the year. Great. But you got to worry about health concerns because not only did he come in dealing with the foot, but now he was by the end of the season, he was dealing with a back, a toe. I want to say there might have been a knee in there at some point. Didn't have a hugely productive year. Was good for the Pittsburgh Steelers for what they needed him to do as a last-minute call, but wasn't the superstar that you know the Chicago Bears were hoping he was going to be when he signed there originally. Do you let him hit the market? How long do you wait if he does hit the market before you sign him? And what what's your max value for this guy? I I have really no interest in bringing Larry Ogunjobi back. Um, none at all. Not really. No. And like, I I think it's a thanks for the memory. Like you were helpful for us for this year, but we got to look elsewhere. Um, I'd look younger, like draft. Um, if he like $8 million is nowhere near, I do not think he is worth $8 million to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I like, I like a half that maybe like if he's willing to sign for, for 4 million or less, I think 4 million a year. $4 yes, million dollars a year or I, less. Like, I do like, he wasn't, am I missing something? I do not think he was that great for them this season. I don't think he was worth the $8 million that they were playing. Wow. They were yeah. You're for. actually pretty spot on his market values. Two years, $6.9 million, $3.5 million a year. On yeah. Like track. that. Sure, if he wants to come back on that. I don't think he will, though. I think that's the thing. I think he values himself a little bit more, and I think other yeah. teams might value him a little bit more than that. Yeah, so I don't think a, there's really a 
I don't remember what his what his deal was with Chicago, but he was making over ten million dollars a year. I want to say it was like eleven or twelve million a season. And at the time, he looked like the guy who should be making twelve million dollars a season. He had a phenomenal year in Cincinnati. He helped him get to the Super Bowl. He was the dude. Failed the physical. If it wasn't for the Liz Frank injury at the end of the season, he, you know, he'd probably be in Chicago making a boatload of money, if not somewhere else, make it even more money. But I, I don't know. I, I look at him and say, you. I think you bring him back just because you don't have any other option. You're not going to start DeMarvin Leal. He's too big of a question mark on where he belongs on the defensive line. Isaiah Loudermilk is, seems like more of a negative project than a positive pro- project at this point. Yeah, you could go NFL draft, but you know, are you going to get a, a day one starter and feel really good about it? I, I don't even know anybody in the first round that like you could draft and say, this is definitely a starting defensive end. Maybe. I don't know, but at the same time, maybe you sign him for a one-year prove-it deal for like $5 million, and then you at least have a backup plan. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I just... The, I, I had a brilliant point to make about this, but yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, $5 million prove-it deal, that might work. I just... I think the Steelers have enough, like, aging veterans who are dealing with health issues especially along the defensive line that, you know, had some talent and that have some talent, but like have struggled to stay on the field. Like I'm not interested in one more of those guys. So Um, you just call full youth movement. Yeah. You're you're saying the defensive tackle, because you need a nose tackle. They don't have a starting nose tackle because Tyson will be gone. Mm -hmm. Monty Adams, I think is a good depth piece, but I don't think he's a starter. You don't have a defensive end. Do you just, so you're just going full youth movement. Full draft, not not full draft. I mean, you gotta you'll, you're gonna have to sign some free agents at some point. But yeah, I'm not. The other thing is, I'm just. I feel like I'm on a different timeline than everyone else in Pittsburgh. Like I'm in no rush for this team to be like we have. We are entering this year as you know, with the goal of winning a. Like we're not putting all our eggs in this in this one basket for this year. Like take it. Yeah, slow. that's how the Steelers think though. Art Rooney is not a. Yeah, we're gonna wait it out type of guy. And even, but even so, I, I do you want to like rush a second round pick into a starting role this season? Do you, no, do you I, look at that and just say, or like, is it a guy like Larry O able to come in here and kind of just be the starter and you don't have to worry about anything while guys like DeMarvin Leal and another rookie and maybe two more rookies come in here and just kind of like get their feet wet? Well, but I do worry about Larry Ogunjobi being able to start every game like all 17 games this year. No, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I think that when it comes to injuries, that is something that you need to address. Do you sign somebody else? Is that like, do you yeah. go after another veteran? Yeah. Not knowing, not knowing exactly what the market looks like. Yeah. I, I, you would have to, um, let's look up some defensive ends here. There we go. Yeah. So we got Robert Quinn, 33 years old. No, no, yeah. Brandon Graham, you're not going to get Brandon Graham. Uh, Yannick Nagoku, not okay. bad, not bad. Jadavion Clowney, that'll yeah. never happen. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Ionatis, possibly, but I don't think that'll happen either. A Sean Robinson's out there. And then you just kind of, you're kind of falling into the same category that everybody else is like a Jordan Phillips maybe you could go out and get but I don't know if he fits uh Justin Houston who's 35 years old you could try to make a splash and hope that a guy like Marcus Davenport maybe works out or Carlos Dunlap at 34 years old works out 
But I, I, there's just not, it's not a very good market now that I look at it. Maybe Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas might be an option. It's not okay. a bad name. You know, yeah. only 27 years old. Not terrible. Mm-hmm. Not terrible. And there, there's some talent to work with there. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I guess this is a more of a lose lose situation than I, I might have realized. But it, yeah, it's a rough defensive end, like free agency class now that I'm looking mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. There's like, there's literally, nobody out here jason pierre paul they're all either super old or the last like wave of big name defensive linemen that just didn't work out who are mm-hmm. at, like the tail end of their rookie deals mm-hmm. that's that's who's really out there i don't know so just to stay on larry O, then do you are you comfortable waiting out the market for defensive end until maybe even after the nfl draft no, because I feel like I, my instincts say that because this uh, free agent defensive line class is not particularly deep, yeah. someone's going to jump. And like, if you want to bring Larry O back, bring him back now. Like, don't don't wait for someone else to hand him a desperation offer and like drive up the price. You know, don't. Uh, that's that would be my thinking. Um, if if that's what they want to do, if they want to bring him back, I would. Not jump the guy. I I would go earlier for it. I would go or go for it earlier rather than later. Yeah, I agree. I think that when I'm looking at the market, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cam Sutton and Larry Ogunjobi are getting contracts like now. Sign them. Don't let them hit the market. Just give them easy offers where you're probably going to save some money in the long run and secure those positions. Then let Edmonds and KZ and Robert Spillane walk even though I don't know if they will let Robert Splane walk, but you let them hit the open market, realize that they don't have a market value, bring them in on cheaper deals because I think you actually save money doing that, whereas it's the reverse for those guys. Keep your veteran core together, build in the draft. Because I think that I think people are crazy who are out here going, you need a left tackle in the first round of the offensive or of the NFL draft. You need a wide receiver in the first round of the NFL draft. No, you need a cornerback and you need a defensive lineman and then you need a second defensive lineman that's bigger than the first defensive lineman. And then maybe you go get a tackle and then maybe you go get a wide receiver, probably go get a safety at some point. But I just think that there's if you take more than one offensive guy in the first five picks of the draft. You are wild. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you are not prioritizing this team correctly whatsoever. But, you know, Roshan Johnson at 80. Still the move. Still the there move. And with that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Find all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com and go check out Derek's mock draft at allsteelers.com as well. We will be back on Wednesday. Peace. 